The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. So what happens is you have somebody who's really a true networker, who uh, does best face-to-face, who should be having coffee with friends from yoga and do open houses because they're great from face-to-face. They, they Instead, they wanted to grow, and they were told they needed to do internet lead generation, so they threw a ton of money at Zillow, and they were wildly unhappy. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 106 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you very much for finding us and, and tuning in and downloading it, uh, telling a friend it's how we keep growing. And I'm, so thank you for listening. And I'm really excited this week. I've I've talked a lot about social stalking when I talk to people, and I've got to admit, I don't know if Leslie knows this yet, but I've been stalking her for years. I mean, I've said hi in an admin conference once or twice, but I, I really, I love the way she challenges um, the status quo. Uh, really, a really bright lady. And so I can't wait to talk to her. Leslie Eppersole of uh, Bricks Group at Baird & Warner, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm happy to be here today, Bill. So you're based in Chicago, and so I, my first question is, are you a native of that area? Because it seems like a lot of people that are born in Chicago kind of hang around. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually originally from uh, Marin County, Mill Valley in Northern California. Wow, a, a beautiful part of the country. And so how long did you went to high school there? You were born and raised there? Uh, yep, I went to, to high school there. And um, when I was 17, like many immature 17-year-olds, I thought that Mill Valley was a hole in the wall, mm-hmm. terrible place to be, wanted to be somewhere exciting. And uh, uh, obviously, I made very bad choices because it is now one of the best places on the planet to live. Right. But I went uh, I went south to UCLA, which ah. uh, was a great experience. So you're a Bruin. I am a Bruin. Go Bruins. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm hoping you had a chance to even catch a little piece or at least the highlights of uh, what happened last week. I, uh, if you're listening to this podcast later, uh, UCLA, Josh Rosen, their quarterback, uh, Rosen the Chosen, led a the second largest comeback in NCAA history. He was down 34 points in the third quarter, and they came back and won that game 45-44. Did you see some of it? I did see some of it in the replay because I kept seeing uh, people on – I have a number of Facebook friends who went to UCLA, and they're all chatting back and forth and excited. So, of course, I had to go watch the replays and get caught up. But it Certainly was exciting. And I feel bad about beating Texas, but uh, beating the big Texas teams is a big deal, right? Yeah, I was going to say Texas A&M, uh, Texas and Baylor had really bad weeks last week, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> it was a bad start to their season, but that's OK. So so you went to L.A., I could imagine, as a 17-year-old high school graduate, and you have a chance to go to UCLA. I mean, beautiful Westwood. That was an easy decision. What what did you want to do? What was your major and what were you thinking you were going to do when you got out of school? Or what did you do when you got out of school? Well, in in school, um, uh, as a portent of the rest of my life, I got I became very involved in student government. 
Um, I was, uh, I have always been passionate about causes. The causes have changed over the years. Um, but I, I was pretty sure I was out to save the world from something, although I wasn't quite sure what. I ran a, uh, a large um, social service group through the student government. We had over 800 people in the peer counselor group and we ran the blood drives. So I, I've always had an affinity for, for doing things that help people, although I am not the social service worker type. I'm a little bit more of the uh, background organizational get things going type. And I've been that way, I think, since I was four years old. Wow. And so that continues. Obviously, we'll talk about that. It does continue today. So what what is someone with that um, passion? What do you do when you graduate? Well, uh, I had planned. Um, I needed a year off to establish independence, and I planned on uh, going to law school. And somebody, uh, I need literally just needed a job. And somebody said, well, um, I'm going to work at a company called Xerox. And they're they're hiring. They like sort of student government act, you know, people who are involved, large social circles. I had no idea. I was a, a statistics and uh, social sciences and data methods and social sciences person and um, had, I, I didn't know a thing about sales, but I went on an interview and I walked out with a piece of paper that said, you're going to be a management trainee with Xerox Corporation. I thought, oh, that was really exciting. Didn't know what it was. And we're going to send you back east for training. And and Bill, 90 days later, I was on the street knocking on doors selling copiers. (laughs) (laughs) Management trainee. Yes, yes. (laughs) One of the 500 people uh, rolling through the western region in the year. But I will tell you, I was only 21 years old. And um, I ended up number 11 in the western region at a 550 agent, 550 salespeople. And so not knowing that I could sell, I sold. Um, After just a couple of years of that, I got recruited away into a software company. Um, I had, I'd been working with computers since being an undergraduate and then beginning my graduate work while I was at UCLA, start working on my master's. The software company, I thought, oh, that sounds exciting. And they were offering a lot of money. And then after a couple of years of selling mainframe system software, they moved me back to Chicago to take a product management job. And then I was quickly recruited away from there by uh, what was then Arthur Anderson, Anderson Consulting, it's now Accenture, to work on setting up um, a software division, commercializing a bunch of the practice software. So I spent a long time there. And that was uh, absolutely great years of my life. Anderson's a fabulous company, or Accenture. Somewhere down that path, something happens with real estate. Because like most people, I'm sure when you were at UCLA, becoming a real estate agent was not even a part of it. Was not. No. Was not. And I, <laughs> you do have a vision of the, of the 1970s uh, real estate lady in the little suit driving around in her Mercedes, you know, yep. cocktail convertible. Yep. So uh, after uh, my second child, um, and we had moved out to the far western suburbs. Uh, after I, I did stay home for only a couple of years. I almost always have did um, project consulting, and uh, we started a, a massive renovation of our home, like a three-year renovation. And I was a project manager. When you're at Anderson, you're trained to be a project manager. And after doing this for a while, the builder he said, "Could you, could you do that for me? Because you seem to have." spreadsheets and you make things happen on time and you communicate with the subs and of course so 
I spent three years, uh, I did a couple of large construction, um, large luxury constructions. I did several managing the projects. Out of that, um, got my real estate license to acquire um, land and to, and to work on a development. And out of that, I met uh, a lady named Kathy Tardy. She taught me pre-license. And she just kept leaning on me to go into residential sales. She said, this is what you were born to do. And in some ways, Kathy was right. Yeah. So uh, that's my, I, I took pre-license from a Baird and Warner managing broker and um, never looked at anybody else because Kathy was so good and, and Baird and Warner was so good for me. I felt, you know, Chicago-based, um, super invested in training. Uh, and I fell in love with the idea of doing work that that related to people on a really fundamental level, which is their homes. And so that's sort of going back to my save the world. I realized I was probably never going to run Greenpeace. So I decided to help individuals on a very small basis close to home. It was, it was very rewarding when I was when I was doing purely sales. You know, so this this ties in nicely to this next question. You your LinkedIn profile is very cool, and I love your profile. It's three words, and one of them is not consultant, but you call yourself a marketer, a builder, and a connector. Talk about that. Tell us what that means. Well, um, the the mar- marketing, as you know, um, and you're more skilled in this than I am, means doing things to communicate with people to. Um, to help them understand or believe whatever it is that you are, that you believe that they should know. And so in some cases, that's education. In other cases, it's um, promoting. Sometimes it's creating awareness. So that, so marketing is a lot of things. I like the interdisciplinary nature of marketing because it's not a single set of activities. It's, it's many activities, when done correctly, contribute to, to corporate goals. Connector, well... Um, Although I am, I am sometimes a painfully introverted person. I really like connecting people. I like I like helping people succeed, which sometimes means finding them the right resource, finding them the right agent, finding them the right employee. Um, in a in a bit of a dispassionate way, I'm not super social. I don't have a large, uh, vibrant social life out here on the Great Plains. But I do keep track of a lot of people in the industry so that when a friend of mine or a client needs help, I can I can point them in the right direction. I'm more of a build more of a builder than an operator. I like to have a lot of balls in the air. Um, I loved political campaigns, for example, because they have a date and then they're over. <laughs> so I like marketing projects. I like um, uh, things like events. I like getting the system in so that you're compliant by the first of the year. I love things with dates because it forces um, people to, to pay attention and to get things done. And that's, I think it's rewarding for the people involved and it's rewarding for me. Whereas operations, there's lots of people who are great operators. I'm, I'm probably not one of them. Yeah. You talk about dates and things and that project management piece of you uh, obviously fits in nicely with that, uh, that characteristic, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I want to talk a minute about um, the bricks brand that you're creating. It's there's some brick stuff all over the place. There's some in Minnesota, some in Chicago. Maybe there's something new coming out. Talk about what's going on there and, and you know how you okay. created that. So about five years ago, um, I knew that I wanted to build 
build, there you go, something in real estate that leveraged, I, I, like, I like the fact that you brought up my LinkedIn profile. I, I actually like those words. What I like to do, it, it's, you know, you, you, you spend your life trying to find things that are um, g- good for you and good for your family uh, and give you at least enough money to live well enough. Uh, money's never been a huge motivator to me, but I, I knew that I wanted to do something that made at least a little bit of a uh, of a dent. And I knew it probably wasn't going to be um, setting the world on fire with sales records with real estate. Although we always, I always did well selling. We actually did quite well. So I I thought, and literally this was going back to, to 2012, early 2013. I was fortunate enough um, to be friends at the time with Mark Davison from Thousand Watt and several other people who you may know, um, yeah. Kendall Young, Elizabeth Golden, Jennifer Shelgren, Greg Fisher. And Mark was kind enough to take uh, us as a group on a, on a journey of discovery about what we wanted to do with our real estate careers or our, our, our lives, really. He's a, he's a magician on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had a sense that I, I, I wasn't really on a track to open and operate an independent brokerage. I didn't see myself as a managing broker of an office. I thought long and hard about going to work. And, and I had, I've, I've worked, as you might know, very closely with a couple of product companies. And some of my favorites are DocuSign. I'm actually involved with something with them right now. Um, but I had an idea that I could create a business that did a number of things in the business. Not because I'm scatterbrained, but because I do actually have a master plan of what a great set of services for the business would look like. So Bricks came out of this air, the name Bricks. I wanted something short. I didn't want it branded to my name because I want a, a real flat organization with a lot of uh, principles. I wanted, I wanted buy-in at a, at a, um, at an ideal level rather than, Oh, come work for me and my name. Right. And out here on the prairie um, in, in going through brand discovery, people kept saying, well, what, what do you have there? Because I did have an active, a, a fairly large real estate team uh, building by that time, seven or eight or nine people. I said, well, we don't, you know, we have some trees and a river and a lot of fields. Um, but what came out of that are my are, are foundational principles to me, core values around um, strength, around valuing things that last, around um, tradition in a good way, but also having a building blocks to um, you can take small things and build something great. So it's not bricks with a B-R-I-C-K-S, um, but B-R-I-X, which is a twist. So it was a twist on the idea of um, only building blocks. Is that making any sense? Oh, it's perfect. I, I love that. I, I had no idea that's where that came from. And so that's that's wonderful. Well, core values and and your um, your backstory most people wouldn't figure it out, but your marketing and your services, you know, your brand is what you do, not just what you say. So I like it when people have a brand that they can explain, but I don't need to have to be able to explain it for them. So no, yes, there was a, there is a method behind that. No, it's great. So tell me, so you've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different pieces to your bricks world, right? What I am working on, um, I hope for release by the, by the first of the year is a set of, um, marketing services that help 
I can I can drop down to the senior agent level. Somebody's been doing business for ten or fifteen years um, through teams and 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 small brokerages who are going into a growth mode. Help them understand brand, do brand development if necessary. Um, do marketing marketing planning that's tied to their brand and what they've been successful with. Not I, I have no going in position that says, oh, I sell a product. I sell social media consulting, so your your company should be doing lots of social media. I'm about helping people uncover what um, what is best for them and then helping them set up programs and services to do that for them and their agents. So I'm a real a real behind the scenes person on that. Um, it's not for everybody, uh, but it is an alternative, for example, to a franchise where you buy um, packaged training. So for example, Keller Williams, has a model and they say, and I've attended absolutely fabulous Keller Williams classes. And they say, you follow the model, you follow the model, you follow the model. So if, if having a pre-done model for how to operate your books and how to um, uh, run your sales operation and and uh, what you know what you train your agents on, then, then go with a franchise, go with a Remax or a, a Better Homes and Gardens or a Keller Williams. But there's a whole group of independence bill and teams that are established, like I did, establishing an identity, a brand within a brand, who want to do some process development marketing that is tied to their team, and they don't want um, they don't want to buy a canned solution. People who run independents are, are by nature they want to do things their way, and but oftentimes most small broker owners or people thinking about setting up a brokerage. They have some of their ideas worked out and they need uh, help rounding out. So um, everybody needs everything eventually, but you, it's really hard to can. Here's everything you need to do and you're going to do it in this 12 month sequence. People have different small businesses have different needs at different times. And I have this vision that I'm working on for several years now of a, of a collection of consultants who will be available for uh, point in time projects. So that's what I've done for Bricks Real Estate up in Minneapolis, St. Paul for the last couple of years. Uh, opened about uh, 28 months ago. And so that would have, that was the spring of um, 2015. And literally from scratch, built a brokerage. It wouldn't have been everybody's operating model, but we started heavy with sales, got revenues in. Um, <laughs> then built marketing and now just building backend infrastructure. But that was, that's the two primary owners. That's how they wanted to do it. They always wanted to fund out of, out of revenue. And so that was, and, we call that like the beta for you. some kind of a, you know, test for the, the model you're building for your company. Oh yes. But don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Danny, stop listening. <laughs> No, I mean we built we built great stuff, and we built you know world class website with right. with Boston Logic. We put in fabulous CRM, and we put it. We've done really really good work, and it, and because I have worked with a couple of dozen small brokerages now, um, you you can see what 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 might work for one and might not work for another. Yeah. So you do a whole lot of listening at the beginning. It sounds like a lot of interviewing, questioning, inter you know, figuring out what they're all about before you even begin to make any suggestions, right? Well, that comes from the consulting training yeah. with Accenture. Um, 
you you don't just walk into the state of California and say I'm going to rewrite your your um, tax collection system because uh, it, the way that I think you should do it. I mean, you can you can spend months in discovery right. on a big project. You can take a little brokerage or team. Discovery's you know one to three months. Well, you understand who they are and how they do business before you suggest a single thing. It's irresponsible otherwise. I want to ask you a question that's for the individual agent that's listening. Maybe they're not quite at the level where you would, you know, they would be able to work with you, I should say. Um, but let's talk about some of the biggest challenges agents face when, you know, even starting to embrace marketing or implementing a plan. Most people in general in life, many people, not most, many people do not have a high degree of self-awareness. And this is just as true even for the most successful real estate agent. I've, I've worked with some very successful solo projects with real estate agents, and they've, they've got good numbers, but they can't seem to grow or they don't know where they're going. And it's because, uh, especially with somebody who's been doing it for a few years, um, they ran through the downturn. They came out of the downturn. They sold a bunch of houses. But they don't always know um, what works well for them. So what they're doing well already, how to replicate that, and then how to to reinforce what they do well and keep that going on, especially around around lead generation business development. And then how to add on to that. So what happens, you have somebody who's really a true networker, who uh, does best face-to-face, who should be having coffee with friends from yoga and do open houses because they're great from face-to-face. They, they Instead, they wanted to grow and they were told they needed to do internet lead generation. So they threw a ton of money at Zillow and they were wildly unhappy. And, and the reason is, is that the nature of the, of the relationship, I don't care where an opportunity comes from, come from Zillow or Realtor.com or the grocery store, the nature, it, it's a start of a relationship. But online leads, for example, um, by their very nature, they are not necessarily like you. And a networker, a face-to-face person has primarily been doing business with people like them. They tend to be Uh, deeper relationships. They tend to be part of the community. And so there's no reason that a networker can't become great at at online leads or great at social media generated business. And vice versa, there's no reason that somebody that cut their teeth on on converting Zillow leads can't build skills in network. But just creating a new channel is insufficient. You have to learn how to communicate with people and serve people who come through in a relationship to you differently. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And I think I, I know where you go with this. You you almost said it there. Um, you communicate with people the way they want to be communicated with. Is that kind of a follow through on that? Yeah. Uh, understand that different types of people have different needs for the way they do business. Okay. So it's not just communicating people. It's doing business with people who they, with, with how they are. So for example, Bill, I'm a, um, I'm a highly transactional person and I, most of my clients when I was selling real estate were nu- literally nuclear physicists because Fermilab is about five miles from my house. And uh, I did really well with 
VPs of finance and nuclear physicists and engineers. I did really well with C-suite people because they didn't want a personal relationship with a real estate agent. They wanted somebody to come in, do a job, communicate with spreadsheets, and then move on. I call that sort of a transactional, much more transactional, not a deep relationship. And as long as that's what somebody wants, I'm a great agent for that. There are lots of agents who can't perform that way. They actually do better face with a lot of face-to-face, with a lot of deep relationship, with a lot of personal connection. I'm not that, I'm not that person. I can kind of fake it when I have to. (laughs) I can be nice to people when I have to. (laughs) So helping agents understand themselves, who they do the best business with, and why is it's not a trick. Um, I've got a pretty, I've got a well-defined methodology for doing that now. Um, I wish I could describe it in in five minutes. All I can do is say that I have a process and a method, and out of it, people come people come out saying, "Oh, I would do, I do really well." You can have a 32 year old who does beautifully with senior downsizers because, as it turns out, they're uh, they grew up in a church and they love working with people in transitions in their life. You know, and you wouldn't have thought of the 32 year old real estate agent who's not even married yet would have been best targeted helping old ladies sell their house. Um, so it takes some discovery around skills and, and uh, background and what people like to do. Right. Am I anywhere near your question? Look, this is about <laughs> you. I love what you're I love the information you're giving the listeners. It's great. Let me, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned DocuSign a little bit earlier. You're, you've served on quite a few boards in your career. Um, a I, a I few advisory. Um, no, advisory boards, right? Like Zillow's, no. uh, Realtor.com. Zillow with the agent board. That was a great couple of years. Um, I was even lucky enough a couple of months ago to spend uh, a few days out in Seattle um, providing input. Uh, they're, they're a great listening company. They listen really well. Couple smaller operations, and then DocuSign of an you know ongoing. Um, I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of uh, testimonial work, um, waiting to see how that some of that comes out. Because I think it's a great company. I there's a couple of good products in the space. But I think DocuSign is really good. I know we use it at Fidelity, so <laughs> I'll throw that out there. Um, <laughs> let let me, let me. I want to ask you about another part of your career. You you actually worked uh, with Stefan and Jack, uh, the T3 group. Yes. So talk about what you did there. Well, um, it's running close to four years ago now. Uh, Jack Miller had an idea to build uh, to, to try to standardize the services that a large team small broker would need uh, to create um, operational greatness. And I, I built, worked on building that. I worked on it for a couple of years. I'm super proud of the work that we did to take everything that, you know, everything from marketing and branding and uh, compensation planning and uh, systems infrastructure, but to create a low cost opportunity through group activities rather than one-on-one consulting. And it's a challenge, um, you know, because everybody, <laughs> you can say you're going to charge somebody only a couple thousand dollars a month, but they still want you for 10 hours a week. Uh, but learned a lot, worked some absolutely great clients, and uh, was was really glad we had the opportunity to help build that program. Right. And I want to go a step back a second. You mentioned Mark Davison, but Mark Davison, Brian Boero, uh, that group at Thousand Watt, 
talk, talk, uh, the, I don't I don't know how to I, I I like get giddy and excited when I see one of their posts show up in my email. Am I, I do too. Yeah, oh, good. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a complete fangirl. They're, yeah. you know, Mark has been an inspiration for me and and Brian also in so many ways because they're thoughtful and they're careful. Ask a lot of questions. Understand what someone's business is. Understand what their goals are, what their personal values are, what kind of a business they want to have. You can't begin to write prescriptions for people until you understand. Uh, who they are as a person and what they want their business to be. And they're just, and they're incredibly smart. They can see through layers. Yeah. And that takes, that takes very smart people. Yeah. I've, I've called them the smartest people in the industry many times. Uh, and yes. always tell people to go subscribe to their stuff, go read it, go find everything you can about these, everything these people talk about. Yeah. You're involved in yeah, lots they, of different things, my, Leslie. So I'm gonna I gotta ask you about the Raise the Bar group because you've been a part of that for a long time as well. You're a moderator there, I think, or an admin with Well, a, I Mike. was for a long time until just a few months ago. Oh, all right. <laughs> Is that something we can talk about? Of course we can talk about it. <laughs> um I uh I liked building that with Michael McClure. Um I put a lot of my personal energy into um, creating conversations and managing conversations that I feel that I felt I still feel are good for the industry. Um, I like the uh, I like the challenge of incorporating um, different people's viewpoints. I think Michael uh, and I eventually parted ways because he had a little bit different um, uh, belief he's Michael has positions and things that he advocates for very strongly that I don't necessarily agree with and vice versa. So uh, we parted ways um, on good terms. And I have uh, recently started another group. It's called Big Tent. Um, I brought about 100 people in to begin with and create a core. And I'll actually be rolling that out to the industry shortly. I want to create a place that is inclusive and not confrontational. <laughs> Does that sound? I, I hear you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was knocked down drag outs where I'd be yeah. chewing my nails off at three in the morning. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, that's you. You say that. And my first thought is always Jay Thompson and just what his, oh, what Jay. his gig is like. It's Zillow, right? <laughs> oh, he's a saint. Yeah. Uh, and can't imagine he gets paid enough to do what he does. Whether you're a Zillow fan or not doesn't matter. He he's uh, he's such an amazing resource for them. Well, I know Jay. He actually was um, he was somebody who I met in Gilbert when I was when I ran my branch for Chicago Title in Phoenix. Jay had his home office a half mile from our branch, and uh, he was Phoenix real estate guy. It was a big deal. Yes. And so that's how I met him, and uh, and so I learned a lot from Jay over the years, and it was it's been fun to watch his rise and and all the things that he's doing. I really. Look, I believe he's a true. He really helps the industry. And oh, I do too. There yeah, are people that vehemently disagree with that, but I think they're wrong, right? No, he has a sir. He uh, he comes from a place of service, and I know it's an. It, I think that's an overused phrase, but Jay does. Like yeah. he truly does. Right. He is a digging in help. Um, I can tell you a story. How so Jay was there at the almost the birth of me coming out of my little shell here on the prairie. Do you remember somebody named Eric Brin? That name is familiar. He, 
Yeah, he was Baird and Warner's, uh, something like an innovation officer. And uh, I had been blogging on Active Rain, um, begun building a following because I like putting out opinions. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and Eric was, um, at the time, this was probably 2009, 2010, uh, going to help Baird Warner develop a social presence. And uh, apparently, well, the, the way the story goes is Katie Lance called uh, called Eric and said, we've had this thing called Inman Reboot. And we want someone who um, we, we want to do this this thing on stage about somebody who has a little bit of social presence and an emerging social presence. So Eric called me and he said, can, you know, you're the only person to do this. You know, can you do it? And I said, of course. And I thought, Bill, I was going to be able to um, to talk to 500 people about how wonderful I was. And, uh, and how to build a social presence. And instead, what happened is uh, it was a um, uh, tear apart the agent's social presence <laughs> session. Oh, with great. Jim Thompson, Rick Johnson, Katie Lance, a couple of other people. And literally, I got up there on stage and uh, they brought up uh, my Active Rain blog and my new WordPress blog. And I was barely on Facebook. And they said, uh, you know, here, Here's everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> 500 people. So uh, the good news is, is I took Jay's advice very, very seriously. He told me to stop using stop using stock photography, and he said you sort of have a problem on Facebook. He said you and I have like 200 mutual friends, and that you know you should just expand outside this little circle. <laughs> That's so. funny. Now, now I got to bring that up next time I talk to Jay. That's great. I love that. Yeah, he broke my heart. But he this that was that that stage appearance was the beginning of me saying, Oh, I kinda like doing this. Right. Well, you're way out of that shell now because you definitely like to I'm gonna call I'll rock the boat a little bit or really mm -hmm. speak your mind and be honest about things. So you point <laughs> out the good you point out the good things that people are doing in real estate. You also aren't afraid to point out bad things people are doing in real estate. And it was a couple of weeks ago, the post was like a, the definitive course, you know, for success in social media. I laughed. I laughed really hard because oh. it was hilarious. And and as soon as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, oh, Leslie knows a lot of people that do the things for a living that you're talking about. I just want to know how that all played out. Well, it actually, and I realized the next morning, uh, like many times, I did say, should you really have hit enter on that one? <laughs> but it speaks to what I said earlier, which is that um, I don't believe that m most people uh, should be following a specific model. Um, and you know that the, the old phrase, uh, if you're a hammer, all the world's a nail. And so I, so for example, let's take someone who, who believes that they need to increase their social presence and that the way to do that is video. And so they hire they create this massive program to create video. And, you know, I'll stop people and I'll say, well, okay, how does that, how does what you're doing connect with all your other promotion activities? Well, we're not really doing much. So that's why we're going to do video. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what's, what's the brand story behind the video? What, well, we're, we, we need to get people paying attention to us. We need awareness. Okay. Then how, how are you going to, What's your distribution method? How, well, we're going to put it on Facebook and YouTube. Like, well, what's it going to do? It doesn't do anything by itself. 
So let's start back. Let's start at the other direction. What's your brand? Who do you work with? What are you currently doing on social media? Because it doesn't do any good, Bill, to create a bunch of content if you don't have anybody to engage with the content. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I do get aggravated with some of the, um, uh, certainly not the Katie Lances of the world. Katie is brilliant. And Katie should, everybody should hire Katie Lance. But some of the other um, point providers who will get in and, and try to sell a particular program or do a promotion or retargeting or a certain kind of um, direct mail campaign. And it's, it's not connected necessarily to, uh, to all the other moving pieces in the business. And that's ju- just like with lead generation. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. So that's, that's where that came from. Um, I'm not a fan of everybody. Many people should do video, but it's not a substitute for getting on social media and engaging with your clients. Having conversations. If you're an agent or broker. And, and talking to people. Talk to people. Yeah. Social media is just another place to talk to people. Yeah. You can. You don't have to spend a dime other than your time. I have to tell you. Do you want a one takeaway? Sure. On this, um, I do do some agent coaching. I've had a, a couple dozen agents. I love running agent coaching because I get to to work one on one with people. And when I say when you start your social media, like I give this assignment in the first week, go open up your friends list, and every day you go to three people's pages. And you give praise. You look at what they've posted and you engage with them on their posts, not on your posts. Don't don't expect to put a bunch of content out and have people come flocking to you. Go engage on people's posts. I don't care if it's a picture of their French toast on Instagram. Hey, that looks like great French toast because you're trying to create conversations with people. You do that. The old active brain days when it was, you know. Make make ten comments a day on other people's blogs to build an audience for your own blogs. Right. Gosh, I learned that from Bob, and it works. Yep, I love it. I love uh, you're you're saying all the things that that I watch <laughs> realtors all day long not do, but but they're being told by all these people to do this. Doing anything is better than doing nothing, but. You're, signed, you're, you're just signing yourself up for disappointment if you produce content without speaking to the people who you're providing it to, whether it's email marketing or any kind of direct mail. Um, engage with people first yeah. on what they want to talk about. So I might have already stole your thunder here, but but I I've had you well over the half hour I asked of your time, and I, I want oh, to. I'm wrap. so sorry. Oh, I no, no, I I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. I'm trying to honor your time. We could I'll go on for three hours if you want, but but let's let me wrap up with the same question I've asked every single guest on the podcast, and and that is if you could give one piece of advice to an agent just getting started in the business, you know what would it be? Well, there's going to be a few pieces of it. That's okay. When, you're, when your new broker says uh, in your first week, you have to put your sphere into a CRM, what that really means is make a list of the people that you know. And so don't get intimidated by the word CRM or upload your list or you don't have to go pick a CRM. Um, my first CRM was the uh, uh, address book that my mother gave me in my 20s that I've had all these years and I've added many pages to. 
um, of people in different parts of my life. And, and when I, it took me, it was probably six months into it, I understood, oh, that's, it was, in fact, I didn't realize, I became licensed and I was licensed in May of 2005. And it was that Christmas when I sent my first round of Christmas cards under a comp, under Leslie Ebersol Baird and Warner, that I realized that that was my sphere. We didn't have CRMs. You had, I had, I had yellow sheets and my mother's address book. Right. But that is your sphere. And then I keep saying, I'll add five a day. I never, Bill, I never worked with a big sphere, ever. I, I had relationships with people that I'd raised my kids with. I was a little involved in the community. I learned my market inside out, very small, very narrow. I'm so big on local. I'm just local, local, local. Know, if, know something really well. I don't care if you just start in a subdivision. Know it really well. I'm a huge believer in market data. and Or know yourself. If your thing is showing dogs, then you've got a sphere of a lot of people who show dogs. Doesn't have anything to do with real estate, but you already have an affinity with those people. So when they say, come up with your sphere uh, and start communicating with them, uh, that's, that is the beginning. Leslie, if uh, somebody wants to reach out and get in touch with you, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Well, Facebook is always easy. Um, Leslie.Ebersol. I have a public page. Um, I'm also on Twitter. And so socials really a great way to, to find me. Leslie, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Uh, and I'm glad I got to have this conversation I've never had to have with you face-to-face. -face. I promise. <laughs> next time I see you, we'll sit down. Uh, I hope so. Conversation, all right? Well, thank you for letting me share my thoughts. And uh, it's been a really enjoyable conversation.